Hello, and welcome to Mentality, where we spill the tea on mental health and things that people don't like talking about. <laughs> My name is Zach. My name is Camera, and we are here today with Remy Cashman. We are going to be talking about ADHD and bipolar. Remy, you can introduce yourself. Hello, I am Remy. They already did it. <laughs> you guys introduced me better than I could, so. No, she is a wonderful filmmaker, marketer, associate producer, and she sings in a punk rock band, which is amazing. We're definitely going to have to yeah. to talk about that. Def- that'll soon. be part of our conversation hopefully <laughs> today. There's a video, I mean, I don't, I don't know if she posted it either, like on Instagram or just she put it in her story, but one of our friends who came to the show filmed me doing push-ups. Because I didn't know what else to do during solo, and our guitarist is notorious for doing long solos. And I'm yeah. just like, what am I supposed to do? You have to figure something out. <laughs> you can't just stand here. Yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, push-ups. Yeah, push-ups, okay, yeah. How many did you get to get done before you're like, well, that's good. <laughs> I, I was not counting. I was just like, oh shit, I have to go back up to the microphone. <laughs> We're just going to say it was like 300. 300? 300 or 400. Yeah, yeah. We, we yeah. believe in your strength, Remy. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably like your strongest guest ever. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna be the the benchmark. It's gonna be the benchmark for all future guests. Yeah. Cool. 300. 300 push-ups. You're not allowed on the yeah. 300. Until push-ups. you can do 300 plus push-ups. So. How many you can make up is is the best. Exactly. You believe in yourself. <laughs> we know. Yeah. And today we're drinking tea from Tea Spectral. You can get this tea from teaspectral.com. The tea today that we're drinking is the official mentality tea. It is Phoenix. It is a smoldering oolong, uplifted with florals, fruits, and bits of lemongrass. And it has kind of a uh, an uplifting nature. Yeah. yeah, I really like this one. This is our official tea, and I'm really glad this is our official tea. <laughs> it's magically we're, delicious. It's yeah. magically delicious. I wish I was better at a leprechaun voice. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> it's an uplifting tea. It kind of it inspires you to to do things. To it empowers you there. to make your life good. So drink this tea. <laughs> get the tea from Tea Spectral. Our code mental. Yep, Ooh. and you can get 10% off. So enjoy that. It's teaspectral.com. What will we be talking about today? So Remy, you are one of, one of my close friends from college. <laughs> yeah, You are a fascinating person in many ways to me. So are you. Uh, when I was doing my musical, I remember you told me about how you were bipolar, and that really fascinated me because I had never known that about you. And now you have some new information about everything that connects with it for you. I do. I had a feeling that I had always had this, and I was like, it kind of, it it's rampant in my mom's side of, everybody in my mom's side of the family, almost everybody has ADHD. My mom has it and she's in denial about it. <laughs> so I always had a feeling that I had it and I always, you know, whenever I heard the symptoms, like, I was like, oh, that's me, but maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just bad at paying attention. Maybe I'm just stupid. I don't know. Because people would always associate ADHD with bad grades. And I was like, well, you know, I get pretty good grades so maybe I'm just like I don't know maybe I just can't pay attention maybe it was because my job was really boring but it was it was (laughs) starting to my my last job like it was starting to kind of get in the way of me doing well so I decided to see my doctor and I said hey I think I have this and it it runs in my family and I just kind of told her everything that I'd been experiencing and she's like yeah you probably have it 
you know, I'll give you a prescription for Concerta, which is basically extended release Ritalin for grown-ups. <laughs> and, for grown-ups. Um, for grown-ups. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the adult 23. Candy. I'm 23 and I'm a grown-up. <laughs> when that reality hits mid-podcast. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was, and I was kind of worried because I'm like, what if I, like, what if I don't need this? And, you know, what if I'm just like everybody else and I'm contributing to the problem of people being misdiagnosed and stuff and they were like oh it might cause insomnia I'm like great because I already have horrible insomnia because of ADHD maybe maybe I was just really tired from work or something but as soon as I started taking Concerta I was sleeping so well at night that sounds nice and yeah and I was like okay well if you're getting insomnia from it it's probably because you don't need it like you probably need something else it's it's life-changing really like i i mean it doesn't solve everything it doesn't cure it but like it definitely makes everything so much more manageable you know i'm not and it's it's hard to get now like even though i have a prescription for it and even though i have like an actual diagnosis on a piece of paper that says hey i have this it's still really hard to get because there are so many people not just in college i mean just all the time everywhere especially people who work jobs that they don't like they abuse adhd drugs like adderall and concerta and ritalin and then it just (laughs) makes it harder for the people who actually need it to get it so it's a controlled substance they can't transfer it from pharmacy to pharmacy you have to get permission from your doctor to do anything with it but apparently a lot of times it's the result of other ailments like because I had been diagnosed as bipolar about I don't know six or seven years ago and I was also diagnosed with clinical depression and then as I was doing research it turns out that like a lot of times especially in women bipolar disorder and depression are results of ADHD so ADHD is kind of like Mm -hmm. the thing that causes everything else sometimes yeah I don't know it made it made sense but it was nice to finally like find the root of the issue so I want to go back a little bit and just for the people who may not know what ADHD is, if you can give a little bit of an explanation of of what that is. Yes, it is attention deficit hyperactive disorder. There are three types. There's the attention deficit dominant, there's the hyperactive dominant, and then there's a combination of both. Most people are the combination of both. I was attention deficit dominant. The... There's also a difference between adult and child ADHD because a lot of times when you're a child, the hyperactivity is more physical. And then when when you become an adult, it becomes more of like an internal restlessness where you just cannot turn your brain off at any point. I think it was a big cause of my anxiety because it's just you can't stop. And if you're not constantly occupied, it just it's just an open door. Yeah. for your brain to go into all places whether that be good or terrible that's why people with adhd always have to like keep themselves occupied with something and that's why you need like the, the child one is add right is that the, or the uh, is that the one that it, it's that... now a combination of adhd yeah i think like add used to be the medical term and now yeah. i think they just kind of use adhd As for the, the umbrella term yeah oh, okay. so so some people are more hyperactive and and then most people are a combination of the two. Can you describe the difference between AD and, and HD? So if you're more deficit, on the hyper side. Uh, of you said you were more on one side than the other. Yeah, I'm more attention deficit than, than hyperactive. And 
it's it's interesting when you're a kid so boys are about three times as likely to be diagnosed with adhd than girls are Mm -hmm. even though it affects both genders about equally just manifests itself in different ways because boys are primarily hyperactive but a lot of times it's just they're little boys and like they just have a lot of energy that's also very societal i feel like too probably just because boys are so much more allowed to go out and just be loud and and be loud and take up a lot of space absolutely little girls are more you know told to stay at home and play with their dolls and you know be nice and and don't speak over people and stuff so it's like even if it does manifest they they've been taught to suppress that yeah whereas boys it's just like yeah go do it do all the things and it's it's almost encouraging it at that point it it feels like maybe yeah (laughs) Yeah. i mean it's getting better because my uncle had a severe adhd to the point where he dropped out of high school when he was 16 now he's like the richest person in my family (laughs) because he's he's a colorist he actually colored one wigs fly so you can oh, see wow. how, yeah, he's the best. That's her senior he was the thesis colorist on him. Yeah, I did, a, I did a movie about drag queens, and he colored it, and he made it, it beautiful. perfect. And I was in a play about drag queens. I'll just there plug that one in there. <laughs> was we it, all was have it a connection. Lepage? No, no, it was a senior project, and my, my friend wrote it. Gotcha, and that's was, awesome. Yeah, it was, that's I got cool. to do drag. <laughs> yes, that's so cool. Yeah, he was he was also the colorist on Little Miss Sunshine. That Like, that was his fixation, because a lot of times it's like you'll find one thing that you can hyper-focus on. I'm still trying to find that thing. (laughs) I still have not found that. But at the time, I mean, nobody really knew what that was. It was just, oh, you're just a bad kid that can't pay attention. So he dropped out, and then he found something that he really enjoyed doing because he liked detail work. So I don't have the patience for detail work, but he found that. But, I mean, it's it's a lot better because, I mean, people at least know what it is. But boys are often overdiagnosed. And girls are rampantly underdiagnosed. So a lot of times, girls won't get diagnoses until, like, my age. Like, I didn't, like, I've always had it, but I didn't get a diagnosis for it until I was 23. And a lot of times, like, you'll be, girls will be diagnosed with other things beforehand. Mm -hmm. Like, I was diagnosed as bipolar and with depression and stuff, but nobody really thought ADHD, because girls just go underdiagnosed my mom was just diagnosed with adhd and that's very very late in the game to find out that you have something like that yeah and i mean it's better late than never but i mean it it would have been it would have been nice and and a lot of times like the therapists that children will see if they're diagnosed as children they're also the same therapists who work with autism and asperger's syndrome Mm -hmm. And apparently the two are confused a lot, which is interesting. Those are so different, though. Yeah, and I experienced that in the third grade because I didn't... Well, I didn't like socializing. I had one friend who was in another class. So, you know, it's like, how do you even hang out with them? (laughs) It's like, if we're not in the same class, we don't sit next to each other. What is other worlds? (laughs) It's like, like we don't have cars. We can't just, like, hang out with each other. It's like seeing someone through the glass, like, window pane. You're almost, you're so far. (laughs) So close, but so far. And also, because we were growing up in the 2000s, we weren't allowed to walk outside of our houses. So, (laughs) that was the other Mm -hmm. thing. I wouldn't talk to people, and, like, and I I, I didn't make eye contact, because... I 
didn't feel like it. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I just didn't really pay attention because I would usually be doing something else. And teachers, a lot of times, for some reason, just have such an ego that they'll, like, get mad at you if you don't always pay attention and you're not constantly looking at... Like, I think it's creepy, but if you're constantly looking at somebody... My third grade teacher called my mom to the school and said... And it's like, you're not a doctor, dude. Why are you doing this? And she called my... He called my mom to the school and he said, uh, I think your daughter's autistic. Wow, and, that's one whoa. heck of an accusation yeah, for a doctor. Is he for a teacher just... licensed no, diagnosing Excuse me, can I see your doctor certificate, please? Yeah, no, he was just some 30-something asshole. And my mom's like, <laughs> what? And and she's like, what leads you to that conclusion? And he goes, well, she doesn't sit next to other people when we read after lunch. And she's like, okay, I I think she's okay. Like, and then she came home and she said, why don't you sit next to the other people during reading time? And I'm like, because it's right after PE and they all smell really bad. That's a good reason. They, yeah, that's a good reason. I, really good reason. Yeah, they all smell like sweaty cookies. That was my way of describing it. Sweaty cookies? <laughs> sweaty cookies. I don't know. I'm now trying to imagine what sweaty cookies smells like, and I don't know if it's good or bad. Do you, do you remember, like, that one kid in, well, they were in middle school, elementary school and or middle school, who, yeah. like, he, I will, because he was a guy, uh, he was always a guy, who, like, thought that they were really funny, and mm-hmm. they would make a point of trying to like make people see how funny they were even though they weren't okay. yeah the way that that guy smelled was the is the smell of sweaty oh, okay. cookies yeah or it's pita chips enough. one or the other or like, pita chips. yeah or both sweaty or both. pita chip sweaty pita chip cookies, cookies. yeah that's <laughs> i don't know you come up with weird descriptions when you're nine but like... that is interesting because i absolutely hate making eye contact i i don't like doing it which is yeah. funny because white right now i now am sitting across the table from two people and, and we're doing this interview uh, it's it's been something that i've had to deal with of okay i like have to you know it, it's weird because at least in our society it's very much if you make eye contact with somebody it's seen as like confidence and it's seen as normal and stuff like that and i don't like doing that so it's so weird and it's also that necessary thing of like if you don't make eye contact during a job interview you're never gonna get a job and then it's like oh god like is it all my fault am i actually qualified to do the job but my body language is off or am i talking too much your mind starts to kind of control what you're thinking and feeling and yeah I read something the other day that I thought was very interesting, which is a little tangential, but it's on this subject of of confidence, especially in the workplace and like getting a job. I read somewhere that it is women writing exclamation points on like emails is seen as normal and seen as like, this is okay. Whereas guys writing exclamation marks on emails is seen as like not professional. Really? Which is, is interesting on both accounts because it's like, why is it that exclamation points make a man look unprofessional, but also why is it seen as normal for a female? Yeah. Because it's like if a female puts a period, she's seen as stern, whereas a man puts a period, it's seen as normal. And then vice versa. Yeah. It's 
very interesting on that point of confidence because I put a lot of, I mean, I don't put smiley faces in my work emails, <laughs> but I definitely put exclamation points and I just recently read that and I was like, well, I'm not going to stop. So yeah. um, the world is going to conform <laughs> no. to me. <laughs> really, so many times when people see my email signature at work, like there have been three times since I started my job at the end of May, three times where people saw my name in the email signature who thought that I was going to be a guy. And then when I call them, and then they're all surprised. They're like, oh, I thought you were male. So That's what Dave okay. Cost at Dodge College told me. <laughs> Was it because Hello, of a lack Cost? of exclamation points? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, well, also, I have a guy's name. I would think Remy sounds like a female name in my mind. It's both. both. but I- I've, I've seen both. My mom named me after Dennis Quaid character. I'm not making this up. Like I, it's great. <laughs> I swear to God, the first time that she heard the name was like Dennis Quaid's character in The Big Easy, and she's like, "That's cool. I'm that gonna one. name my child that." And my dad's like, "If it's a boy," and she's like, "Regardless, it doesn't matter. This is the name. <laughs> like, <laughs> Deal with it." Great. Name I hope that your middle name is Dennis Quaid. No, my no. I have a very female. I have like a super female middle name in case I didn't like my. Fr- but also, apparently, the, the, the reason they gave name. me such a unisex name was <laughs> they were so ahead of their time in the nineties. In case I decided I was not female. Wow. <laughs> and they were like, "Cool, you don't have to change your name." Wow, they thought of everything. <laughs> they, they were really prepared. Like, like that's the name we gave you, and you're not changing it, and you don't have to. And I'm just like, well. Yeah, no, I feel like I'd be a little, like, my, my name is Zachary. I've never once met a, a girl, Zachary, so... No. I mean, that's not, that name doesn't really translate too well. I would I would have to just accept it or change yeah. it. Yeah. My middle name's Alex, so I could go with that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, although or it's Alexander, so... Just go by Alex. Yeah, I'll just go by Alex and just <laughs> yeah. chop off the ends, and then we're good. <laughs> or Xena, warrior Zena. princess. Fun fact, when I was little, I thought that name was the coolest, and it I totally wanted to name. be called Xena. Yeah, if I, if I was a trans woman, I would totally name myself Xena. Xena. Like and the kind of it's really Zena powerful. Too, just, yeah. Oh. My name doesn't really translate to male or female. I mean, actually, I've looked it up multiple times because I don't know where my mom pulled it out of her head that she wanted to name me this. Camera? <laughs> yeah. Well, people I mean, say it's because my mom was a, a still photographer. <laughs> they say you're, it means you're, like, destined to be a filmmaker because, holy shit, your name is Camera. I, I, love, I love my name. I'm, I'm pretty happy with my name. I wouldn't yeah. change it. Uh, what is the proper pronunciation of your last name? Rowan. Okay, so it is very close to Roland. Yeah, I, yeah, I got so that as a nickname Roland. in camp when I was 14. Like, oh, when I created Facebook, I'll just go with that. Yeah. That sounds fun, because using my real name online is not something I want to do. Yeah. That was back then. <laughs> back in the day before Uber and... Before we had to. When I was in middle school and my parents would, like, freak out about me talking to people on, like, forums and stuff, because I wasn't using chat rooms. I was using, like, mm. fandom forums that's the gateway yeah i still remember my kingdom hearts fandom forum i if it makes you feel any better i was on a uh, tim burton fandom forum oh heck yeah talking to people in their 20s and i was like 13 you're so (laughs) old what is it like in that life oh no i told i I lied about my age i said i was 18 yeah exactly and that's what you did back then yeah you were just like yeah i'm 18 now it's 
normal for a 13 year old to have a Facebook page and an Instagram page and I mean, yeah. I still don't think they're supposed to, but they definitely do. Have you guys seen Eighth Grade yet? I want to see it so. I might bad. weirdly enough be seeing that tonight. So okay, we'll see. <laughs> it is. I mean, if you guys are doing this podcast, I think you should just have a whole episode because probably should. Because no, we should get Bo Burnham to come on. Yes. Okay. Oh my god. Next guest, Bo Burnham. <laughs> that if you did that. We'll make him do three hundred push-ups. <laughs> he, he would die. He's like my favorite living stand-up comedian. My favorite living non-stand-up comedian is Eric Andre, but the reason I decided to go into writing and go into comedy was because of Bo Burnham. The, his last stand-up special, Make Happy, Make made Happy, me cry. It made me cry too because yeah. it, being a performer, especially back then because I was doing acting at the time and being a writer, it, it spoke just to me in the yeah. fact that there's just, mm-hmm. you constantly have to perform for people and at what point do you what point is it good enough you know at what point are you fulfilled when everyone else just kind of siphons this off of you siphons this happiness off of you it really made me think a lot of like robin williams who's one of my personal heroes and like just the fact that everything he did was to make other people happy and once he felt like he couldn't anymore he didn't feel like a person anymore i I mean just kind of that that anxiety and that depression of that especially being a performer in me is that really spoke to me a lot of just constantly trying to do better and do more and what's my life going to be like when I feel like I can't one-up myself anymore yeah. you know or if I feel like I never reached that that point where I believed I could that, at least that's what that comedy special mm-hmm. did but it made me laugh while doing it which was as far as a comedy special goes I think his first one what was I preferred it, but the what, second what one... What was his magnum opus? And then Words, Words, Words was the one that I saw, and I'm like, who is he? <laughs> who are you? And I, th- and I thought he was like... Because I saw it when I was like 15 or 16 when it mm-hmm. first came out. Yeah. I thought, of like, okay, he's a young-looking 29-year-old or something. And then I Googled him, and I'm like, oh, no, he's like four years older than me. What the hell? <laughs> like, I have to be a better writer almost now. almost the same age at this point. Like, I think he's... He's, he's 27. He's 27, 28, Oh, my gosh. Like I know, yeah. right? Uh. He, he accomplished all of that. I think he dropped out of NYU to do it. But anyway, we're going off on a tangent <laughs> on Bob <Bart laughs> No, I, no I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we brought Wait, we it gotta, up, actually, because, like, um, I started... I, I recently started doing stand-up, and it's been... It's actually been like a really good release for my depression and my anxiety, honestly, because it's like, okay, for five or ten minutes, I can try and make people laugh. And then there is that one line in the very last song to make happy. Not Are You Happy, which makes me sob, but the one before that, the, the Kanye West rant, where he said, come laugh at the skinny kid with a declining mental health as he attempts to give you something that he can't give himself. And I'm just like, it's that yeah. cynical oh, humor that just geez. makes us complacent with our, yeah. ourselves. Yeah, it feels like, like the millennial anthem, that yeah. rant that he had at the end. Yeah, uh, and, like, I was, <laughs> and I'm just we like, we love to hate you? ourselves. Yeah. I was just like, are you okay? and then he's like yeah, no kinda, no I'm not okay I'm yeah like, you okay. definitely get that impression like he says it in a joking manner but you definitely get that impression which now that he hasn't done comedy in like three years and he's kind of done filmmaking you can definitely see that that one I think hurt him to make yeah you know I, I think that one took a lot out of him he was under contract yeah it's sad to think that like what would have been his last special had he not been under contract you know Ooh. to be honest and, I, I feel he could have gone out with what 
and would have been fine. Yeah. Like, it's, it, that, I mean, that's arguably one of the best stand-up uh, specials. Of all time. Of all time. Up there with <laughs> Trevor Noah's stand- a new stand-up special. I and, have not seen um, it. How is it? It's amazing. Okay. And especially his last joke about Russia. And then, <laughs> not Childish Gambino, Donald Glover's uh, latest stand-up. It's, it's He's so talented. Old. It's like three years old Weirdo? or something like that. Yeah, Weirdo. Weirdo was good. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the best, at least in my opinions, just because it speaks. Yeah. All of those are very culturally relevant and emotionally relevant. Yeah, but I, I did want to kind of take this back a little bit and yes, let, <laughs> probably should go back to kind of. I want to know if it's okay. If when when were anything. when were you di- diagnosed as bipolar? When, when when did that happen? I was obviously before the ADHD diagnosis. Oh yeah, I was seventeen and I was diagnosed with both bipolar disorder and clinical depression mm-hmm. simultaneously. Was yeah. it like the same conversation? Like by the way, you have this and this. <laughs> kind <laughs> of well i mean it was kind of like he just kind of like my psychiatrist kind of just starting me like started asking me questions mm-hmm. and then he's like yep it looks like you have type 2 bipolar disorder and i'm like wow that's okay. a that's a brick wall already and he's like yeah like does, and does depression run in your family too i'm like yeah and he goes yeah i think you also might have some you might have clinical depression as well from like what you've said so i got a prescription for lamictal and at the time, I got a prescription for Lexapro, which sucked. And then 2014, I was 19, and I was an idiot. I was so, oh my god. We all are. Did we you, all have did you know me when I was 18, 19? I hope not. I don't I, think so. I don't think I got to Chapman okay, at that point. I, you're, you're, Maybe that's why you're still on the podcast. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't miss anything. I, I was, oh my god, I was so stupid. It, like, like, I cringe thinking about who I was. And at one point, like, I stopped taking all my medication. Because I was like, this is making me into somebody that I'm not. Interfering but with you, my creativity. But you stuff. stopped cold turkey? Ooh. Yeah, I was bad. Ooh. That weaving off of That's gold. how stupid I was. And I didn't tell I didn't tell my doctor. Oh. I didn't. I, this was for bipolar? Yeah. Bipolar disorder yeah. And, well, and depression. Like, I stopped taking... The, the medication, like, that made you want to stop? Well, it was really... It was Lexapro that made me want to stop. Because mm-hmm. it was, like, making me into a zombie. And then I thought, like, oh, it's everything. Yeah. So I stopped taking everything. And then in August of 2014, I attempted. And it turns out I'm really bad at suicide because I failed. And <laughs> good <laughs> thing. things that we're just thing. thinking, you know, yeah. just not you know what? Good it's, at. Good. it's a good thing. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not good at very many things. And I'm not. I'm uh, also not very good at suicide, apparently. I so. think that there are other things that you are much better at, which mm-hmm. goes into the punk rock singer, writer, filmmaker... Well, oh, I, so I mean, I'm still things. doing it, so, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's funny that you brought up Robin Williams because he killed himself a week after my attempt. So that, oh. that hit me very hard. And I had heard this from a lot of other people who survived. There were a bunch of interviews with people who survived jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. And, like, that and exact like, moment yeah. of regret. And almost all of them said two-thirds of the way down, I realized, oh, shit, everything I'm doing this over could have been fixed, yeah. can be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they were happy to have survived. That And that was that was how I felt, too. If I'm going to be totally candid. Please do. I, I tried to overdose, mm-hmm. and I was just like, why did I do that? <laughs> like, as soon, like, right like as, soon as, yeah. as soon as I was just like, God damn it, why did I do that? I was terrified that 
I was going to be 5150'd and that like my mom was gonna like call people and then folks were gonna run in and hold me down. And she didn't cause she was just like, you're not gonna do well there. Like you're only gonna feel worse. So just, we're just, just, just stay home and do nothing for a while. When you feel like it will like go to the beach or something. Did you have so. to take like anything to, to stop that or go to the mm-hmm. hospital? No, I just, I took too much Xanax mm-hmm. and I was just really woozy for the next few days. We like were it fine. wasn't it wasn't a lethal amount. Okay. And Xanax knocks me out. Xanax See like, it doesn't hits me it hard. does not knock me out. Yeah. I can take half of a Xanax and not fall asleep. Well maybe it won't, I guess, it'll calm me down, but yeah. it, won't, it will not knock me out. Like if I, I took pres- like, prescribed one, like one dose or whatever. I don't know what that one dose is, but that thing just makes me pass out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wish it made me pass out. I, I don't want it to make me pass out because the whole point is that it reduces my anxiety and that makes me go to sleep. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes <laughs> I can be during bedtime. Like, I still want to do stuff. Sleep, like, like, when you can't go to sleep and it's like you're having, like, a panic attack or something, it helps. So I remember, like, a week later I found out that Robin Williams committed suicide and I was just like, dude. So that I remember that affected me a lot. That one, that one like, hit me probably yeah. more than maybe any other one just because it wasn't just the suicide for me at that point you know it was just a lot of different things it was not only was that incredibly sad but he was also childhood hero which added that to it and then it also was just the circumstances of his decline like I was just reading an article about it I think it was Time Magazine a couple of weeks ago of like the events that led up to it and it's just incredibly sad seeing his his mental decline and seeing just the support that his family didn't know how to give him you know they didn't mm-hmm. know what he needed because it's robin williams like you know what like what mm-hmm. support does robin williams need like he's, yeah he's the support you know and i forget what that saying is but it's one of my favorite sayings is like who is the clown who can be the clown when the clown is crying or something like yeah. that like robin yeah. williams is always the person who cheered up other people so who cheers up robin williams you know. He would yeah. still need, no matter whether you're the person who cheers up other exactly. people, it doesn't mean that you never need to be cheered yeah, up, that absolutely. you are the unlimited fountain of happiness. And, and he very truly felt like his, his voice was laughter, you know, making people laugh. And when he was starting to get to the point where he couldn't make people laugh anymore, he started feeling like he like didn't have a reason to exist anymore, which oh, is just really gosh. sad because yeah. that's also something that, again, I feel is, is pretty societal, is we tie so much things into ourselves that shouldn't be our burden yeah you know, yep. we, we shouldn't mm-hmm. have to feel like our entire existence is our career this is someone is making other people laugh of course that would be nice you know and for someone who loves making people laugh of course that is a nice thing to do you know just like i'm sure being in a punk rock band it's probably awesome hearing an applause but that should be like yeah the only it really thing. It totally yeah is. <laughs> right it's probably yeah, awesome it really was or crowd surfing i don't know if you do that but i'm sure that's pretty cool i, I haven't for a long time you know it's funny my guitarist who's one of my really close friends he and i went to see two of our favorite bands a couple weeks ago and one of them i was like if they play this one song which they very rarely do because it's like a newer one the only problem with that is that it's too short Mm-hmm. And I was like, if they play that one song, I will, I will stage dive. Like, I'll do it. I don't care. I will do it. I'll, I might break something. I don't care. I'll do it. I guess I haven't done it in a long time. <laughs> we went to the Fox Theater in Pomona. 
for whatever reason, you needed a separate wristband to go onto the ground floor close mm-hmm. to the stage. Yeah. And nobody told us that. You know, the bouncers at places like the observatory and stuff, they're really cool. If you ask them nicely, like, they'll help you. Not these guys. These guys were assholes. Hey. As some are. So I was like... Sometimes bad days happen. Yeah, I was really, I was really nice about it because I'm just like, hey, sorry to bother you, but, like, do you know where I can find those wristbands? Because we'd really like to go onto the ground floor. And they're just, like, yelling at everybody collectively, if you don't have a wristband. You don't get to get... And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> and then, of course, like, they played the song that I was gonna... Yeah. The the one that they never play. So I do like doing that. What you, what you were saying about, like, making... You're more than your career. Like, I think yeah. people get place so much effort on what they're giving to society and what they're doing. And that's... it's Your career is great if you love it and what you're doing, but you have to be a person besides that. Put that aside. You have to be human enough without that and love yourself without that as well to really succeed at that and to live a, a successful life, basically. Yeah. It's it's all about finding a balance. I've just been, like, so bummed out about my current job because I just, I really do not like it. And I hated my last job even more. So it's like, how long do I have to work office jobs full-time before I can make a living doing something I enjoy? Will that ever happen? I have no idea. It will. Trying it will. To make, yeah, thank you. You'll get it. It's like I'm trying. <laughs> that's why I'm, like, I'm trying to make more time for the band, and I'm trying to make more time for performing in general, and I'm trying to make more time for a show that Mitchell and I are working on. We're turning Wigs into an animated series. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So I'd really like to pitch it within the next year or so because Netflix will take anybody. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, we're, So we're definitely we'd definitely like to pitch it to Netflix. But it's it's funny that you brought that up because when you can't do what you've always done like you kind of wonder you kind of have an identity crisis and that's what we're kind of making the show more so about i didn't really get much of, too much of a chance to like go into the character development in the original movie that i wanted to because it was only 18 minutes long it's i don't i don't know if it's so much like a show about mental illness so much as it's about the main character is an artist drag is his art and you know he's become kind of a washed up performer and it's like if you can't do what you've always done if you can't do your livelihood anymore which is make art it's like who are you ever and this person this younger person comes along he's really talented and you know so he's like oh i'll just live vicariously through this younger performer and then this younger performer ends up being you know prettier and more talented and more popular and it's just kind of it's accepting the fact that eventually one day you're gonna, you know, somebody's gonna come along and be better than you and do your and take your job. Well, because they, they and stand on the shoulders of giants at that point. I mean, it, it is yeah. inevitable that people will come behind you better than you because you laid the tracks Lent for them tracks, just yeah. as other people laid the tracks for you. You know, yeah. like I wouldn't, we wouldn't be here taking doing a podcast if it wasn't for the person who invented the microphone, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and all of these things. So, I mean, we... There are other people who've done podcasts. Yeah, and, and there are other people who've done podcasts and we've we've learned from their yeah. mistakes and we've learned from their things. So, Mike I mean, our phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's who invented it. Thank you. Yeah, Mike our phone. <laughs> yep. That's been something that's really kind of affected me a lot is... But, you know, I, I was always afraid of that, afraid of, like, I want to be the best and I want to be the best there ever was. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> That's my um, networking skill. Yes. Gotta catch them all. Yeah, yeah. but I, you know, I want to be the, I, when I was younger, 
and not even that long ago, I wanted to be the best, and then I just kind of wanted to keep that record, whatever that record would be. But then I realized that if I do that, one, it's really selfish if I just become the best and I don't pave the way for other people. Yeah. And two, I obviously didn't do my job very well if I became the best and I didn't pave the road for anybody else because then at that point it's like, I don't know, what am I really doing for humanity if I'm just being the best, but it's like no one can ever achieve that again. Does that make sense? Like, okay, cool. So, um, I became the best podcaster in the world, <laughs> and then there is never going to be Beat a better the crap podcast. out of Mark Maron. Yeah. <laughs> WTF, eat your heart out. I wanted to H3. Yeah. I wanted to go back to bipolar a yeah. little bit. I know we, we've talked about it a little bit, but I, I also want to go back to the basics of it and describe well, your experience kind of what it is with it. what's your experience with it. Oh. Well... Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to describe because there's a difference between type one and type two. Type one is like when you have really intense manic episodes and that's the more severe kind mm-hmm. and people with type one are more likely to attempt suicide. Whereas type two is less severe and it's more of the kind that you think of when you think of bipolar and it's just like the constant roller coaster, roller coaster like ups, ups and downs. And downs. Yeah. So... When you take a mood stabilizer for it, it kind of reduces the waves. It kind of goes like this to, like, smaller waves like that. A little more like uh, lake waves as opposed to Ocean. roller coasters. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it, it makes it... It makes it a lot more manageable. I almost miss having manic episodes because it's like, it gets so much done. Yeah, downs that I was an though, asshole. Right? Yeah, because it's like the severe downs come right after it and then when you're having mania it's like you're constantly your constant feeling is i'm the shit <laughs> you know like i can do anything and you sniveling shits would die without me <laughs> yeah <laughs> not i mean okay not not quite that but but, you're but you feel on top of the world <laughs> like i yeah like i can get you know you can get so much done and then immediately after it's like you just crash so hard those pretty much went away. They're very few and far between now. I mean, the anxiety involved also isn't really worth it. Depressive episodes are just like, you just, you never know when it's going to happen. There have been so many times where my boyfriend and I will be out with friends enjoying ourselves, and then suddenly it's just like, I am so sad right now. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. to go home. I'm so sorry. And it happened when we were out, we went to Portland a few months ago and we were out with a bunch of his coworkers and stuff at a bar. It was like a, I had like a brief period of disassociation where I was just like sitting at a table by myself. Everybody else was like enjoying themselves. And I was just like, I just kind of need to like sit by myself. And I'm just sitting there staring at the table. Everything is just kind of a blur around me. All the noise around me just kind of becomes a blur. And I just go so into my head and I have to go outside and just breathe and maybe talk to the homeless person 10 feet away from me or something and I mean they're talking to themselves I might as well join in the conversation so welcome I'm having a Skype call yeah. <laughs> it's just like hey hey what's up do you need somebody to talk to besides yourself yeah. I'm here I need I'm someone here. too yeah. So, yeah and and then I mean it'll, it'll pass eventually it's totally random and a lot of times it just happens for no reason at all. It's very isolating, I guess. I don't get it so much anymore, but back, like, early college, late high school, I definitely have these points in time where I would wake up and I'm just like, 
I feel like doing everything. I would clean my room, I'd clean the house, and I, I would do things that I normally hate doing. Like, I would, mm-hmm. like, scrub stuff and, you know, to clean the shower and, like, go write my novel and go, like, play mm-hmm. a video game and go do this and go do that, do all of my errands, do laundry and stuff like that. I have to do all that today. I know, right? <laughs> that's my, that's my, what my Sunday me. is. <laughs> and then, you know, I'd do all of that stuff, and then all of a sudden... It would just be as if I just stepped off of the treadmill or something like that. You just all of a sudden, the world just stops. I don't know what I feel like doing. Like, I don't even feel like going to sleep anymore. It's that feeling of, I feel like literally doing nothing. Like, the only thing I feel like doing is not existing. Like, I don't even feel like going laying down to go to sleep. Yeah, I feel I, like doing yes. literally nothing. Yeah. Oh my God. Two All weeks ago. Time. Oh my God. Two weeks ago, I, I mean, once in a while I feel like this, but I hadn't felt like this in a long time. I was just trying to get some work done, sinking footage, and I felt so complacent. It wasn't sad. I wasn't mad. I wasn't happy. I wasn't anything. I felt so numb to the point of, I don't, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to work. I also don't want to procrastinate and watch videos or go, like, distract myself and I don't want to do nothing it was the weirdest feeling because I wanted to do nothing and nothing included nothing wanted to do literally nothing yeah that's how I feel a lot when I don't take concerta but if I don't have something to do I'm just gonna stare at the wall for the next hour Mm -hmm. and I can't do that like I can't you can't just do that so I mean you can you can it was my my dad was so sweet because I remember the day that I got my diagnosis Okay, I had a feeling, but every new diagnosis just kind of like takes a little bit more out of you. Oh God, it's in writing now. That's attached here's to my another pill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's like two more pills I have to take every morning. God damn it! My dad got me an adult motivational quote coloring book. Ooh, and so cute. <laughs> I'm like, that is adult ADHD culture. Is yeah. when your father gets you a big thick coloring book for grown-ups i need that um, what are the pictures with, with like that hidden were... middle it's like hidden motivational quotes it sneaks and, up on you well that's that's adhd culture and then adult yeah. adhd culture is when you flip through it unable to decide which one to color yeah. and, when, when you're on medication what is the difference between the the wave as you were kind of talking about. Um, is, it, is it super drastic? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it was because I stopped taking Lamictal, which is what I, it's a mood stabilizer. Mm-hmm. It's also, it also helps treat epilepsy for some reason. Oh, you give cool. it to people with epilepsy. Yeah, a lot of those things, type I mean, two. your brain is your brain. Mm-hmm. A lot of those things intermixed. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, everything is just a chemical, it's all just a chemical imbalance. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's really it. External factors affect it, but mm-hmm. for the most part, if you have depression not being depressed if you have depression if you have bipolar disorder if you have adhd bipolar disorder and depression is like uneven levels of serotonin and dopamine Mm -hmm. adhd is an imbalance in your prefrontal cortex which is responsible for reasoning (laughs) and and problem solving and organization and you know and focusing and everything so concerta is a stimulant I take Wellbutrin for depression. That's an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. And the stimulant is supposed to only affect, like, this part of your brain. Mm-hmm. So if it's lower, it helps make it even. And that's why people without ADHD abuse Adderall and stuff because it's it's not a stimulant to help you feel normal. It's a stimulant to make you 
stimulated, like yeah, really stimulated. Absolutely. I have taken I have taken Adderall. It just kind of makes me anxious because yeah. it's. It I, sounds like it'd be an anxious causing. It's it definitely is helpful, but like it made me. It would just. It it would make me anxious. It wasn't like fun. Like everybody has like fun on oh, Adderall. Okay. <laughs> you know, I could clean my house and you know do work without wanting to kill myself but it's making me anxious but that's why i like concerta because it doesn't give me anything Um, what are the side effects of the medication it's interesting there are a lot of side effects potentially but i haven't really experienced any of them Mm -hmm. like there's a big decrease in appetite a lot for a lot of people i haven't really experienced a lot of friends who have that who like they take adderall and they don't eat for like 36 hours. Yeah, Adderall definitely, and apparently Concerta does the same thing, but I haven't really had that problem. Some people get insomnia from it, but it's, like, been helping me sleep better. If you're getting insomnia from it, you probably need something different. There are so many... Yeah, there's not just one fix-all Yeah, there are so many types of ADHD medications, and it's just like you just kind of have to find the right one. It was like candy in like the 90s and early 2000s, the kind of way that they just handed out the... the, They didn't think uh, about what was the the best one. I mean, I didn't have any... Like, I I didn't have any medication for ADHD when I was in college. Like, when I was directing Wigs and when I was directing Dolly, I was popping that shit like candy. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody had it because it was film school, and yeah. whether you know whether you have ADHD or not, you need to stay awake and alert for that period of time. In that case, it kind of helps everybody in situations like that. I don't really have a problem with people without it taking it. The only reason why I don't why it's a problem is because now it is making it more difficult for people who need it to get it because yeah. now yeah. it's a controlled substance because yeah. people were. You know, people snorted and stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> I had a uh, I had a family friend at one point who had severe bipolar disorder, and they were on medication for it. And what was interesting was I, I remember going to their house one day, and everyone was running around the house, freaking out. I was like, what's what's going on? And they're like, well, so and so stopped taking their medication, and now they've like just left. Like they just they just took off. I've done they that. took the car, like they stole the car, and <laughs> I, they just left. Oh my gosh! I, I did that and before I started taking bipolar medication. Tell us like, the story. I would just, <laughs> oh no, I would. I mean, I wouldn't leave for like super long periods. I wanted to, but yeah. I knew that my parents would kill me, and I had to like constantly fight with that. Should I just come home, or drive to New Mexico and have my parents hate me? <laughs> and it was yeah. just like constantly weighing those mm-hmm. options. Yeah, so really, she really like continue. took off. And everyone was freaking out because they had no idea where she was. She yeah. didn't have her cell phone, things like that. And about three weeks later, she ended up coming back. So, like, three weeks of them not hearing anything about this person. Uh, she came back and went back on her medication. And after a few days of, you know, like, stabilizing and things like that, they talked to her and they are like, why did you leave? And for some reason, this answer has always really stuck with me because I, I thought it was very interesting on these type of, like, medications and stuff is she said... When she took the medication, it made her feel kind of quote-unquote normal. And so after yeah. a while, you start being like, well, then I can just not take it anymore. because You I think feel that you have control. Because you think you have control That's why over I stopped it. taking my medication. Yeah, and so she stopped taking it because she felt fine. 
the thing is, is you feel fine because of the medication. <laughs> and so all of a sudden it just, I mean, that brick so wall true. after the half-life of the medication wore off and it, like, she had it really, really bad. She just took off. She was, like, no longer in control. She came back, though. Right? She ended up coming back. Do you I know forget. where she went? <laughs> uh, well, this was up in Grass Valley where I'm from, which is in Northern California. Gotcha. And so I think <laughs> she just drove around, like, the woods and, like, Redding and, like, you know, Northern California area, just in the middle of nowhere. Um, so kind of terrifying. That answer has always really stuck with me because I, mean, I don't have to take any of that type of medication, but I do have to take high blood pressure medication mm-hmm. and that stabilizes my blood pressure. But there's definitely been times where I'm like, well, I feel good. Like I feel yeah. great. I feel totally fine. I've been taking this medication for a mm-hmm. long time. Like maybe I'm just okay now. Maybe this medication doesn't do anything for me that's Uh, what you can't see (laughs) yeah exactly but the thing is you can't see it and what's super hard about like at least with high blood pressure or medication i can reason myself out of it because it has nothing to do with my brain it has to do with my blood (laughs) you know whereas with that it's your brain and so it's like once once that medication wears off there's no real like logic you know getting getting yourself out of that downward spiral i I feel like you know i think people forget that your brain is an organ yeah because Mm -hmm. and it's easy to forget that because it has this is gonna sound weird but your brain has a mind of its own yeah literally literally and figuratively there's a part of your brain that does the heart beating and the breathing and the blinking that you don't think about (laughs) exactly and then there's the other part that's like another person that you are constantly arguing with Bo Burnham did a really interesting thing on that. And what? Left with, brain, right brain. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like so accurate. It's like somebody that you're constantly arguing with and you have to you have to be able to say no and a lot of times your medication is the only thing that can allow you to say no, you're wrong. Oh, don't take your medication because you feel fine. And it's like, no. It's not you know, like if I was a diabetic, I couldn't stop taking insulin. Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely. We like to think we're a lot more in control of... Not only our body, but definitely our brain. Oh, and yeah. we actually are. Nope. We, we like to think that it's like, well, it's my brain. If I feel weird, I can just, I can feel just normal. think my way out of it. You know, yeah. I can logic my way out of it. And that's not how the brain works. It would be wonderful if it did. But the frontal cortex, which is like your consciousness, is like a fourth or a fifth of your entire brain. Like there's a whole lot of other brain convincing you not to do the things that your logic brain wants you to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, you have that part of your brain that controls your heartbeat and controls your breathing and controls all of those things you don't even consciously think about but then you have that other part of your brain which is basically your emotional brain yeah that is you know kind of that left brain right brain thing so it's you're constantly arguing against that brain and your logic part of your mind is not ever a hundred percent in control yeah. you know and mm-hmm. so I, I think that's something to always keep in mind is if, if you feel normal because you're on medication like definitely you know think that through (laughs) yeah and it's i think that's why a lot of mentally ill people are at a higher rate of drug abuse as far as like other like recreational drugs and stuff because my my last year chapman i was living by myself because my roommates left and they never replaced them so i was living in panther village by myself which was awesome and i miss it so much sometimes you know you just get paranoid when you're in the house by yourself and then Mm -hmm. being high on top of that didn't really help so i switched to indica now i only smoke like maximum once or twice a week now and it's not like 
during work days, really only during the weekends and it, like before I go to bed or something because it helps me sleep. When I do smoke, I only smoke indica because it doesn't make me paranoid. Mm-hmm. It's more just like a very relaxing, like, okay, I can just just chill out, watch an episode of whatever, just go to bed. So, Does um, it affect your medication at, like, at all that no. you take? So many people have been worried about that. My dad was worried about because my dad is uh, very neurotypical. He doesn't know what it's like to wake up in the morning and not want to get out of bed and not want to do anything. <sighs> it's just like, I, I want to... It definitely top 10 wish would be to wish what a neurotypical person feels like Same. in a yep. day. Because mm-hmm. I just want to know what it's like to wake up and be like, let's do the day. Hey. <laughs> let's yeah. do this. We're going to just go through this day, and then I'm going to go to sleep on time and not hate myself the yeah. whole day. <laughs> I think, and this especially happened like after I graduated, and I, and I had to like move back home for a while. I think one of the reasons why I stopped smoking a lot for the most part and I stopped drinking for the most part too is because my dad smokes a lot of weed he smokes all of my weed like I said he's just like dude come on (laughs) you can buy your own like (laughs) you're old enough (laughs) you make more money than I do so um, (laughs) my mom used to be an alcoholic she's not anymore is an alcoholic like always an alcoholic or that's the thing it's just like She'll always just be like, oh, I like to have a glass of wine when I'm cooking. You like to have a bottle of wine when you're cooking, girl. I mean, there are those glasses now that are the whole bottle. That's terrifying. (laughs) Well, it's like most bottles are four glasses of wine. Yeah. I I think a lot of times the reason mentally ill people, because my mom is also mentally ill, and I think the reason why they try to why they abuse drugs and alcohol a lot is because they're trying to self-medicate. Yeah. Because it's like you're in denial about having an issue. You don't want to... Deal with it. You're not, so you're not going to go to the doctor about it, but you still need a way to deal with it. Yeah. I was guilty of it, too. When I stopped taking my medication for that period of... Like, age 19 was the year that I did all the drugs. <laughs> um, some of them I'm safer than others. Like, I'm never... We're talking about, like, caffeine... Like, maybe a little bit of pot, right? Maybe uh, some. <laughs> talking something a little harder, just, maybe. Okay, I've never... I, I will say, I've, I've never done cocaine. I don't intend to. It's been offered to me plenty of times because I live in Southern California. That's another one I could never take. No. Nope. high blood pressure. It, I've now. heard... I mean, I've heard it sucks. Like, I've heard it's really lame. So it's like, why even bother? Mm-hmm. And I've just heard these stories of addiction with it and doesn't it doesn't even last. Like, I'm like, I have no desire to even my, attempt that. I heard that. you have bad anxiety. Oh, yeah, I'm God. like, I don't need my, something that makes my anxiety worse. Like, that's, exactly. that's the problem here. We're my, not trying to make it bigger. A friend of mine <laughs> had it once and she said, just drink a shot of espresso. Oh, just man. Just take a shot. Just, like, pour a shot of espresso, like, in a shot glass. Take it. I, that's cocaine. That's that's it. And that's I'm a like, fun story. I, I swear to God. My first espresso. My first and only espresso, actually, because this, <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned that I have four or five cups of coffee a day, but I also uh-huh. enjoy the taste of coffee, so it's different. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the taste of espresso, so it's, it's, it's uh, different. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It, it's a rough boy. Yeah, but <laughs> it was, I don't know, I want to say three years ago or something, I was working in a restaurant, and someone, I was making espresso for a customer, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. I've never had it before. I just started getting into coffee. I was not having five cups of coffee a day. I was doing good on, like, one. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to take an espresso shot. And I took it. And if that's what cocaine feels like, I never want to feel that again. <laughs> um, because I felt as if the, like I was just being shot through a cannon. Oh I was God. I was like running to my tables. Yeah. You know, I didn't need to, but I was totally running and I couldn't concentrate on anything. It uh, felt like, do you know that meme where it's that, that white lady, it's like you ask a question and then there's all of those like numbers and formulas. Yes. yes. Oh my God. That's what I felt like my life was for just everything. They would ask me like, what's the recipe in this? And the next thing in my brain would be like video games. I don't know why, but it just, everything was so disconnected because um, I, I don't know. Have I you mean, seen it, that skeleton meme where it's like, kind of like this? Yeah, and it's... As, that's me with coffee. It's just like, it doesn't actually change my level of exhaustion. It just increases my heart rate. Increases the anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not how I am now, but man, that espresso shot, I never want to feel that again because I yeah. just felt like Someone just took a sledgehammer to my brain and was like, and now go. Oh, <laughs> yes. I like, I'm sure if, it wouldn't do that to me now because I have five cups of coffee a day. But <laughs> Okay, so before we wrap this up, I really want to know kind of today, I mean, you're not 19-year-old Remy anymore. You're 23-year-old Remy. <laughs> yes. you, you have a job. You have a punk rock band. With the diagnosis of ADHD and with bipolar and, and depression, you, you have gotten things managed what do you do to stabilize now and how do you feel now i keep myself busy i try to remember that my paying job does not define me absolutely mm-hmm. yep it's it's sometimes it's hard to because like when you're working 40 hours a week it's basically all you're doing, doing. Yeah. yeah and it's like that's why i try to like make time for stuff that i enjoy doing even though i don't always have time it's a big reason I said this in the last episode too but that's a big reason why I'm also doing the podcast is just to feel like it's not the only thing I'm doing is just work yeah you know I'm doing things it's fun I'm doing something that I feel is something different than it's, just that it's positive grind. and it's a way to kind of just get out the, yeah. the yayas and, and yeah. hear yeah. ourselves and talk about something that feels like we're doing something for the world yeah <laughs> yeah most of the lyrics that I mean I'm not the only one who writes the lyrics like my my mm-hmm. guitarist and I kind of like do 50 50 lyrics I mean, we, we write about all sorts of stuff. If we wrote all about politics, that would just be depressing. But I mean, like, we try to combine, like, politics and comedy. But lately, I've been writing a lot of songs about dealing with mental illness. Like, I wrote a song about having ADHD. I wrote another song the other day about having social anxiety. Oh, um, I missed so, that. I want to do that again. It was fun. It was fun. I was sad when I wrote it, but then I, like, sent the lyrics to the rest of the band. They're like, oh, this is cool. Like, yeah, it's kind of emo sounding. It doesn't really fit our tone, but if you guys like it, like, we can totally do it. We have everything from that to songs about the border crisis to songs about punk rock football players. And that fits your tone? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just making sure I'm getting this tone right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's funny because the punk rock football player song is like, I didn't write it, but it's like my favorite of all of the songs that we have. (laughs) It sounds intriguing. The... The opening lyrics are just punk rock football player, punk rock football player, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday more, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday more. That's the opening. <laughs> Why are there days of the week? I don't know. I didn't write it. I, I didn't write it, but I like it. Yeah. How do you That's... feel like performing versus writing? Like, Do you think that that helps you find a balance with bipolar and ADHD? Because well, those are very different. Definitely yeah. gets the energy out. I mean, like I am exhausted after doing a show because there's also that anticipation of like, oh god, yeah. a show. It's fun because we never really, we didn't really know 
what we, when we played the show the other day, we, we didn't really know how the audience was going to react because the, the band that played before us was like, if you made a computer create an algorithm after listening to thousands of hours of 90s college radio. Oh, man. Like, oh, it's like Google DeepMind uh, procedurally generated. Yeah, uh... that's straight up what they sounded like. And oh, we're just, the four of us looked at each other, we're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, that, this, this is not over like at all. They have, these people have no idea what we're in for. You know, all right, fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's do it. Let's, do, do, it. We'll just, let's do it. People really enjoyed it. There was one guy in the front sitting in the at a table on the in, towards the front like a few feet away from us halfway through the show like i'm trying to introduce the next song and he's just like giving us compliments and i'm just like dude hold on the show's not Let over because <laughs> he's just like yeah man you guys fucking rock you played the dead kennedy's cover you're and i'm just like dude we have like four more songs Sounds left like chill <laughs> save the chill for later so, anyway this next song is about uh guys who pretend to be woke so that they can get laid <laughs> that's one that i wrote Oh, I can say so many names right now. Well, because well, uh, it's like my, a whole subgenre of male. Yeah. Like we're fifty-fifty. <laughs> like my guitarist and drummer are guys, and me and the bassist are women. It's funny because I wrote that song, and then the guitarist wrote a song called "Friend with an Axe to Grind," and it was about how like how much he hates guys who are constantly complaining about being in the friend zone. I guess <laughs> he, the place he that opened exist. it. Yeah, and he opened it with "Song Goes Out to." All the guys trying to sleep with their female friends give up. And then it just goes <laughs> <to the song. laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> give up. Walk away. Just give up. Yeah. That was great. You just want to know with the songs that you wrote about social anxiety and and your and your ADHD, yeah. are they gonna be um, performed anytime or I've- I would love to. They're they're really emo sounding. I wrote one about social anxiety last week called "Why Am I Like This?" <laughs> Story of my life. Uh, yeah. Is and that is that the name of one of yours? I I wrote a song about social anxiety called "Strings Attached." Oh okay. yes, right. love it. I remember that and it was great. It, yeah, it's called "Why Am I Like This?" and the chorus was based on to, on something that had literally just happened to me. I had been working at Midsummer Scream because I write for Horror Buzz, and so we had a booth. And I was really sick, and my friend who runs it was just like, just go home. I don't want you getting people sick. So my boyfriend was at a birthday party with like eight other sweaty dudes all playing Magic the Gathering. So I was not partaking, but he was like, hey, just come over. I mean, and I would totally be partaking. So I was just like, <laughs> yeah, so I'm sitting there and I'm just bored as hell and I'm feeling sick and I'm just like, I'm just going to go back to my car and get my laptop so that I can, you know, write and do stuff. On my way there, like I was crossing the street to get to my car and there was some dude who was speeding and then he had to slam on his brakes to not hit me. Didn't see him. I'm just like, okay, thanks. I walk to the other side of the street, and before driving away, the dude rolls down his window, and he goes, didn't your mommy and daddy tell you to look both ways? And then he drove off. And I'm like, yeah, that was cool. Thank you for your your input. Yeah, I'm just like, thanks for your opinion. (laughs) I'm a better person because of it. As as Hannah Gadsby said, uh, lesbians have feedback, men have opinions. Um, (laughs) So it bummed hey. me out. It, 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 it bummed I have an opinion on that. <laughs> it, 
it, you're special. Um, <laughs> it bummed me out because I was like already having such a bad day. So the chorus that I wrote, the verses were just like a bunch of questions related to why am I like this? And then the chorus was something like, mommy and daddy told me to look both ways before I crossed, somehow a chicken managed, but I somehow ended up getting lost or something like that. Oh, something I like, like that. I like that. I was just like... So that's he just did kind help of what you. I do. His input was was helpful to yeah, you. Yeah, it's like there's feedback. Fuel, uh, fueled creativity. Yeah, and sometimes that's like the only thing you can really do is put it in writing and make it rhyme. I think that's the best thing to do with mental health. Put it into writing, make it rhyme, Absolutely. show yeah. other people that they aren't yeah. alone or insane. Whether it be lyrics or writing or a podcast or a yeah. film or a musical. There's so um, many ways to, to express. I think yeah. Express it more. Yeah. I, you know, definitely the point here in, in, and 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 definitely the I'm sure the lyrics as well is that you're not alone and we all we all have to deal with these things in, in one way or another. So I don't think you should ever have to look in the mirror and and point yourself with finger guns and be like, why are you like this? Because <laughs> that's I, what I do. That's my favorite meme is like, why are you like this? Yep. Like, that's every, every content. Yep. Just, All right. So just, thank you so much for coming you. on, Remy. Oh my God, thank you for having me. I really I, appreciate the conversation we've had. It has been quite is, a ride. This has been magically delicious. Yeah. yeah. And I would uh, love to go in depth with it more. I think that there's so much more that we didn't get to talk on and absolutely so, yeah. yeah next um, camera week wants on. you yeah next week on mentality <laughs> yeah, um, maybe you want to take us off on uh, introducing yourself and yeah so stuff. i'm camera rowan my instagram handle is camera c-a-m-a-r-a vlog f-l-a-g-e my name is zach humphreys and you can find me on instagram and facebook at epsec e-p-s-e-c-h you can also follow Mentality at, at Mentality Talk on yes. all of your major social media, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those good stuff. You can also email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that at mentality, mentalitytalk at gmail.com. Yep. I wanted to say thank you and also give Tell you a chance to plug in. all about all you, your cool band. Stuff. Actually, your, what's the name of your band? Golly. So far, we only have our Facebook page up as a state waste. That is two words. A state as in the state of California and waste <laughs> as in waste of time. I really hope that's your slogan. That's great. <laughs> Please yeah, make that your band's tagline. We should be. I, the other day, we did a song about anti-vaxxers and the last four lines. I, I also did not write this song, but the last four lines were just fuck you anti-vaxxers like four times and then uh, and then after i hope I'm with just increasing like, intensity yeah, uh, stay waste bringing you family-friendly entertainment since 2018 <laughs> if you want to just find me find me on twitter which is where i spend most of my time just at it's remy cleo uh, that's my middle name by the way right. uh i-t-s-r-e-m-y-c-l-i-o and there's one guy who is a roast battle champion and he's the only guy who consistently likes all my tweets so he's cool so be the other person who consistently likes likes her tweets tweets. yes thank you please i i I thrive on the attention um and then you can also find me on instagram with just remy cleo r-e-m-y-c-l-i-o i don't like i don't like plugging 
my comedy shows because I sound like a psycho. But no, I, no, we, we, we want to hear you. We want to go okay. see you. So tell us. Um, Please do. And none, none of my, none of my jokes are actually based on real experiences. They're all hypothetical and they're mostly pun based. Great. Um, elevated dad jokes. That's my, that's my brand. You sold <laughs> me. You sold. Yeah. That's it. Where, uh, where can I see this? Well, where can we find you? I just kind of go to open mics, but I usually announce them on my Twitter. And Wonderful. so if you follow me on Twitter, you can see me say come see me here at this time to tell jokes no one gets and <laughs> except for those dads out there except for those cool you dads. Can get the elevated dads my dad my dad got the jokes when the last time he came you, to you've so. you've got a target audience it's great you know yeah. your demographic dads <laughs> all right so thank you so much for for joining thank us yes, uh, thank you Remy. this was an honor thank you everyone for for listening and yeah please like rate follow our podcast where you can and contact us if you have any feedback and what you want to know we really appreciate it thank you it's been fun spock on (laughs) (laughs) bye bye Hey everyone, Zach and Cameron here. Since we touched on suicide in this episode, we wanted to make sure we gave you resource numbers if you or someone you know are dealing with suicidal thoughts. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255 and the Crisis Hotline is 877-967-8348. Although we aren't experts, feel free to email us using mentalitytalk at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks.